Welcome to Stop Christian Nationalism. This is a podcast that is devoted in a secular sense of devotion to the resistance against Christian nationalism. Christian nationalism is really something that's very easy to define. Christian nationalism is a Christian ideology that holds that the United States is and always has been a nation for Christians, a Christian nation. And that is an exclusionary ideology. It means that it is not for anybody else because Christianity is a religion that demands a singular kind of attention. It's monotheism. I mean, if you look at the Ten Commandments, one of the basic things in there that comes out pretty clearly is that if you're a Christian, you're not supposed to have any other religion other than Christianity. I mean, that's actually rooted back in Judaism, uh, but the Christians really developed that idea. And they're the ones who came up with this phrase, Ten Commandments. That, that phrase actually isn't in the Christian Bible. There are a whole bunch of commands all over the place. But they settled on these, and um, one of those commandments is that you're not supposed to have any god other than the Christian god, and um, oh, you're not supposed to um, take that god's name in vain or be idolatrous with it, all of these things like that. I mean, it's pretty much focused on the idea that um, you have to obey this religion, and this divinity has to be exclusive. This is not an open relationship. And throughout the rest of the Bible, especially in the New Testament, there's all of this stuff about uh, Jesus taking national power and not just heavenly power, but um, having a kingdom on earth. Of course, we know that even within the Christian story, that did not work out very well. Now, those early Christians who codified the Bible, they were believing that their Messiah was going to come back any time now. But it's been a long, 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 long time that Messiah has not yet returned, which makes their faith even more desperate. And we have seen the effects of that here in the United States over the last, oh my gosh, I mean, let's say five years five, six years, really, um, since Donald Trump started getting on the scene. Because Donald Trump in the election of 2016 was explicitly promising to promote Christianity above other religions, using the power of the federal government to do so. And that is plainly against the First Amendment. There's not supposed to be any government establishment of religion. And the government is not supposed to interfere with freedom of religion. And when you have the federal government putting its hand on the scale to tip down one end, uh, on the end of, say, Christianity against all the other religions, or against not having a religion at all, when you have the federal government interfering in that way, that's not freedom of religion, that's religious oppression oppression against non-Christian religions by the religion of Christianity. Because let's face facts, uh, even though Christianity is withering in the United States, it is still a majority religion. About 60% of Americans are Christians. The remaining 40%, which is a pretty sizable 
minority. 40% are not. Well, of course, we're not talking the election of 2016 anymore. Donald Trump got elected, and it was pretty awful. Uh, he was in there for four years, and then he lost the election because, frankly, Donald Trump was easily the worst president in all of American history. He was ignorant, his policies were inept, and yet destructive in their ineptitude. Um, he, Donald Trump, promoted cruelty, uh, bigotry, hatred, violence across the United States, encouraged Nazis, American Nazis, um, redeveloped under Donald Trump's presidency. No, we are in the year 2022, and it would be great to think that we could have Donald Trump far off in the rearview mirror, but it seems that we don't. Now, nobody knows what's going to happen next. That's the future. And the future is, for all honest voices, all people who do not pretend to be prophets with magical powers and invisible spirits whispering in their ears, the future is a mystery. And those who have studied patterns of uh, political reality know that it's really complex and unpredictable. Um, however, Donald Trump is in some trouble right now because of the results of the election that we had last week. Yes, we're getting around to that. I mean, uh, Joe Biden has been president for two years, and um, typically the midterm congressional elections are a disaster for the sitting president. There's a kind of uh, counter-reaction to the sitting president, um, typically uh, in these congressional elections. But that really didn't come out this time. Now, it is still quite possible that the Democrats will narrowly, very narrowly lose control of the U.S. House of Representatives. It is possible that the Democrats will maintain control, however. That's because when you have a very close election, what you do is you start counting the mail-in ballots. And this is not some radical, crazy scheme to cheat anyone of uh, the election. On the contrary, it's a way for people who are too ill or need to travel um, or for other reasons simply cannot make um, a physical appearance at the polls uh, to vote. This is something that's been uh, done for generations. It's called an absentee ballot. You fill out the form and they compare your signature with what's on already on file. Um, so that's what they're doing right now. And the thing is that absentee ballots and early voting are both heavily weighted to Democrats. Why is that, you may ask? And the answer is that Republican conspiracy theorists, um, heavy with the Christian nationalist ideology, have maintained that there is an international Jewish conspiracy to uh, cooperate with the Chinese somehow to um, steal our elections and uh, saying that only showing up on election day is legitimate. Now, this is in spite of state laws across the United States. 
You see, here in the United States, the administrative um, sort of uh, system of elections is supposed to be run by state governments. And state governments across the United States have embraced the use of early voting because um, there have been several elections um, in which we have um, long, long lines, people standing for hours uh, in sometimes nasty weather to be able to vote. When you have early days of voting open, it stretches out the um, availability of going into the polls physically when you are able to do absentee ballots, mail-in ballots. It's a really valid way to ensure that more people have access to the polls and the whole thing runs more smoothly. Um, but, you know, uh, Republicans have demonized early voting and absentee ballots and so Republican voters tend not to use those techniques because they believe there's something strangely satanic about them. Don't ask me to explain um, what's going on with that. And um, it simply is the case. So what that means is that you have election night results that appear to be very close. But the more absentee ballots uh, and early votes that they count... Uh, the closer the Democrats get to the Republicans who at first appeared to be ahead, or the Democrats get further ahead than they seem to be at first. And that is what is happening in these few races in the House of Representatives. Now, the Senate is already firmly in control of the Democratic Party, and they might even pick up a seat. We're going to see about that. But uh, the U.S. House of Representatives, it's not yet known. And so here's the thing I want to cover with this is what does this have to do with Christian nationalism? Well, you know, as I said last week, the congressional and gubernatorial elections this year in 2022 could really be seen as a referendum on Christian nationalism. Because this is what the Republican Party has embraced. It's embraced this radical, really extremist, angry, violent ideology that uh, Christians are somehow being persecuted, even though they're in the majority, and even though they have a huge number of uh, privileges that they're given to use power to promote their religion that other religions don't get. And the non-religious don't get. There's this conspiracy theory saying that Christians are persecuted and that while they've even been accusing Democrats of being demons, of being literally the spawn of Satan come up from the depths of the earth through the lava with the sulfurous fumes and possessing people's souls and convincing them to vote Democratic so that somehow... Voting Republican is a way to go against pure evil. And the kind of pure evil that Democrats are wanting to do is, oh, you know, ensuring that people have Social Security benefits that they have already invested and put their money in for, or uh, Medicare uh, for old people to have health care so that they don't have to die uh, younger than they should or in more misery. I mean, that's kind of a strange sort of demonic um, 
plot, but there it is. They have made, the Republicans have made this a referendum on uh, Christian nationalism. And so many uh, candidates for governor, uh, for the House of Representatives, for the Senate, have staked their claim on the idea that the United States is a Christian nation and should be for Christians and everybody else should just shut up and get in line and go to church and praise Jesus and be happy about it. You know, and it's that kind of attitude that actually makes people not want to either join Christianity or remain within it. Makes us not want to go to church and spend, you know, half of our weekends listening to people go on hateful sermons like that. And it turns out that a lot of people don't really want to support politicians who uh, repeat that kind of nasty Christian nationalist ideology. So um, the thing is that a midterm election, although this is also true in presidential election years when there are seats for Congress that are up for grabs, as many as there were this year, but there is not the singular focus on the White House uh, that there is in a presidential election year. So especially in a midterm election, if you have a referendum on an idea like Christian nationalism, well, it's not a single vote. It's um, actually a bunch of local and state elections with people going to state leadership, but also, you know, in those national positions. There are well over 400 different congressional districts, uh, seats in the U.S. House of Representatives that are up for election every two years, and one-third of the Senate every two years for those six-year terms. So that's, um, that's more than 500 seats just for Congress that are up for grabs. And so um, there are a lot of different kinds of results, uh, what we can see there. So that's actually what we saw. Now, we saw in um, Pennsylvania, uh, we saw the uh, Republican uh, candidate for governor, one of the most radical Christian nationalist voices out there, Doug Mastriano. Uh, we have covered him here on this podcast quite a bit over the last few months because he has been extreme in claiming Pennsylvania for Jesus and calling down the angels who were supposed to be on his side. And uh, apparently the God of the, the entire cosmos, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-wise, According to Doug Mastriano's people, that God was on the side of the Mastriano for governor campaign. Well, if you need any evidence that the God of Christian nationalism does not exist, what happened to Doug Mastriano's campaign is pretty good evidence for that, um, that this Christian nationalist God is a work of fevered imagination and nothing more, because Doug Mastriano lost by double digits. The people of Pennsylvania, which is a swing state, it's not a strongly liberal state, um, but, um, you know, they rejected Doug Mastriano there by double digits. So 
Can we just say, well, okay, Americans rejected Christian nationalism, that's all done with? Well, no. Because first of all, every election is only in place until the next one. But also, not all Americans are Pennsylvanians. Most of us aren't. So there are also elections, uh, like the one in uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's district down in Georgia, which is a heavily Republican district. It is far out of balance with the rest of America. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, who declared that she is proudly Christian nationalist, and she uh, campaigned alongside known Nazis, I mean, actual Nazis, uh, who support kicking out all Christians who uh, want to make Judaism illegal. Um, she campaigned alongside them and she won re-election. Uh, over in Colorado, Lauren Boebert, who is frequently competing with Marjorie Taylor Greene for the most extreme kind of nutty Christian nationalist, Lauren Boebert, who declared that she's sick and tired of the separation of church and state, and she thinks that the U.S. federal government should be following the commands of Christian churches. Well, her election, her attempt to be reelected to the U.S. House of Representatives right now is still too close to call. And there is some hope that she is going to be denied another term in office. But if she does get back into office, that is a victory for Christian nationalism. Matt Gates, U.S. House of Representatives, has been reelected. But then over in Arizona, um, you know, Mark Kelly beat a Christian nationalist. Blake Masters uh, beat him back. So, um, it's actually a mixed picture, which is what American culture is. And I want you to think about this, because Christian nationalists are always saying that they claim the United States is a Christian nation. And that's it. It's as simple as that. But the truth has always been a lot more complicated than that. Yes, there have been a lot of Christians in the United States ever since the founding of the United States of America. But the Constitution was actually designed as our founding document as a bulwark against Christian church power over the U.S. government. It sets up something in reaction to the Puritans because the founders of our country knew very well how abusive it is to have an official government religion. They wanted to make sure that didn't happen because they had seen in European history and American colonial history that bloody oppression is the result of having a government religion. They wanted government to stay out of religion to try to avoid that kind of bloodshed. So, what resulted? I mean, what was already there in colonial times were, was actually a lot of religious pluralism. You know, the Republicans like to pretend that everybody was a Puritan Christian in colonial times. But that is not the case. There were 
a lot of Christian dissidents. There were Muslims, there were Jews, and there were a whole heck of a lot of Native American peoples with their own traditions that were not Christian. I mean, actually, if you look at what is now geographically the United States, at the time of 1776, most of the people in that geographical area were non-Christians. Most of the territory, in terms of geographical space, was controlled by non-Christians. That's something that Christian nationalists don't like to talk about. And the United States has been a religious, pluralistic, pluralistic uh, country, full of people of different religions, and there have always been people of no religion as well. There are now 40% of people who are non-Christian, and 30% of Americans are not of any religion at all in the United States. And that number is growing. The number of Christians and the portion of the population that is Christian is dwindling. So what we see in this election of 2022 is a representation of that. That there isn't a single story of what Americans want when it comes to Christian nationalism. Because, yeah, there are a lot of Americans out there who support Christian nationalism. Recent polling uh, suggests that 79% of Americans support certain aspects of Christian nationalist ideology, or should I say 79% of American Christians. That's a smaller number of the actual uh, population, but 79% of American Christians support Christian nationalism. But that makes for a, a minority within the population as a whole. But there are concentrations of Christian nationalist radicalism, like in Marjorie Taylor Greene's congressional district down in Georgia. There is a hotbed of right-wing extremist violent Christianity right down there, and that's why they have re-elected Marjorie Taylor Greene. But in other places, people are absolutely rejecting Christian nationalism. And um, so we see that there are lots of different kinds of politicians coming into Washington, D.C., but that on the whole, Christian nationalism appears to be receding. And now here we are. I'm recording this on November 14th. And, you know, Donald Trump has kind of... Uh, pitched his tent on the territory of uh, Christian nationalism. His effort to regain the White House depends upon that. And the 2022 midterm elections don't look great for that. What they represent on the whole is a retreat from Christian nationalism. However, there remain hotbeds of it. Now, tomorrow, Donald Trump is scheduled to make some kind of big announcement. Of course, he made this uh, declaration that uh, the 15th would be the day of this big announcement before the results of the midterm elections were in. But we are all going to be waiting to see what Donald Trump has to say. In the meantime, we see that in states like Oklahoma, there are politicians who are definitely in favor of Christian nationalism and are promoting it as strongly as ever has been done. 
And the governor of Oklahoma is one of those Christian nationalist politicians. Here's what he had to say after the 2022 midterm election results started coming in. I want to warn you that this recording of what Governor Stitt said, well, the audio quality is not great. It was recorded on an iPhone out on a windy day outside. And you know something? Um, There was no professional camera crew there to record this unconstitutional, anti-democratic prayer that you're about to hear. And that's kind of telling. There's been no mainstream media coverage of what the governor of Oklahoma said. It's up to people like the one who was out there holding an iPhone, making this recording uh, with poor audio quality as it is to let us know about what's happening in this state, in the United States of America. A governor claiming the state for Christian nationalism. Please have patience with the audio quality as you listen to what the governor has to say. Father, we just claim Oklahoma for you, every square inch. We claim it for you in the name of Jesus. Father, we can do nothing apart from you. We know that we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and darkness. And Father, we just come against that. We just lose your will over our state right now in the name of Jesus. We just thank you that we claim Oklahoma for you as the authority that I have as governor and the spiritual authority and the physical authority that you give me. I claim Oklahoma for you that we will be a light to our country and to the world right here in our state. We thank you that your will is done on Tuesday. And Father, that you will do have your way with our state, with our education system, with everything within the, uh, the, the, the walls behind me and the rooms behind me, Lord, that you will root out corruption. You'll bring the right people into this building, Father, from now on. Okay, I know that this was hard for you to hear, so I'm going to read those same words out aloud to you now. Here is what Governor Kevin Stitt, just re-elected governor of Oklahoma, said as governor, as he makes clear in these words. Here we go. Quote, Father, okay, I just have to stop here. When he says father, he's talking about the Christian God, not about his father. All right, I'll start over again. Quote, Father, we just claim Oklahoma for you. Every square inch, we claim it for you in the name of Jesus. Father, we can do nothing apart from you. We don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and darkness. And Father, we just come against that. We just loose your will over our state right now in the name of Jesus, We just thank you and we claim Oklahoma for you as the authority that I have as governor and the spiritual authority and the physical authority that you give me. I claim Oklahoma for you that we will be a light to our country and the world. 
We thank you that your will was done on Tuesday, and Father, that you will have your way with our state, with our education system, with everything within the walls behind me. Lord, we pray that you will root out corruption and bring the right people into this building. Unquote. That is what Governor Kevin Stitt said. Right out there as governor of the state of Oklahoma. And um, I, I want to start out by commenting on that last bit about bringing the right people into this building. Who do you think the right people are? Do you think they're Jews or Muslims or Buddhists or Hindus or atheists? Certainly not. Governor Stitt is declaring that he's going to have a policy of religious discrimination, that he's handing authority over to the Christian God. Now, the trouble with this is that, of course, the Christian God never shows up himself. That's because, well, there's never actually been any evidence that the Christian God exists in any literal sense as a being that does anything. Um, so all of these Christian nationalist politicians say that they're claiming authority for the Christian God, but who actually ends up getting the authority? It's Christian churches. It's Christian preachers who end up getting the power. So the right people into the building are going to be Christians. The rest of us are going to be shut out of access to power in the state of Oklahoma. In the state of Oklahoma now, you have power declaring that it is for Christianity and not for anybody else. Where he started, every square inch of Oklahoma he is claiming for Christianity. You know, the thing that's really galling is that there are a lot of people who belong to ethnic groups that are not traditionally aligned with Christianity, like, uh, say, Native Americans, who were there a lot longer in Oklahoma than uh, Governor Kevin Stitt's ancestors. And now he's declaring that in Oklahoma, they're just simply not welcome unless they convert to Christianity, that they can't have one single square inch. And what are they going to be paying attention to in Oklahoma now? Demons and evil spirits. This is what Governor Kevin Stint is talking about when he says, we don't battle flesh and blood, but principalities and darkness. Principalities and darkness is biblical shorthand for demons. Here we are in the present day, with the science that we have, knowing that there has never, ever been any evidence that demons and witches and uh, putting aside the Wiccans, I mean, as witches as supernatural beings, demons, devils, uh, ghosts, ghouls, specters, zombies, none of these are creatures that actually exist. But Governor Kevin Stitt is centering the policy, the public policy of the state of Oklahoma against demons. Is that a good use of state resources? Uh, I can't think. 
of a of a good way that it is. But he's he's claiming that as the governor of Oklahoma, he has the authority to declare Oklahoma a uh, a Christian state, a state that's one hundred percent for Christianity for Jesus, and he's saying that doing so is going to be to show that Oklahoma can be a light uh, to our country and the world. And he specifically mentions the education system. Um, but I'm taking a look at the statistics for education in the United States. And um, I'm seeing that uh, for those uh, who have uh, an advanced degree, the percentage of residents who have an advanced degree um, Oklahoma is eighth from the bottom, not eighth from the top. It ranks 42nd. Okay, it's above only states like Mississippi, West Virginia, and Alabama in terms of the number or the percentage of the population, rather, who have advanced degrees. Oklahoma is a failure in educational policy. It's not a shining light to the country and the world with its educational policies. And there's uh, another disturbing piece of news specifically with that. And it has to do with the man who was just elected to lead the Oklahoma public school system. And that is a man named Ryan Walters, just got elected there. And uh, uh, he says this about his priorities for public school education in Oklahoma. Quote, what we have to have is true history taught in schools. Our kids need to know about the founding. They need to know this country was founded on Judeo-Christian values. Unquote. The thing is, uh, actual history is that the United States was not founded upon Judeo-Christian values. Because, um, okay, first of all, I will say, every time that we hear the phrase Judeo-Christian, remember what that actually means is Christian. Because they never involve, you know, present-day rabbis in the articulation of what that is. And we should not think that in Oklahoma, they're inviting a lot of Jewish religious leaders to have equal standing with Christians. You know that they're not. Judeo-Christian means Christian. Was this country founded on Christian values? No, the history is quite clear. It, this country, the United States of America, was founded in resistance to Christian values because Christian values included what Governor Kevin Stitt and now Ryan Walters, as head of public schools in Oklahoma, are all about, which is claiming the government in the name of Christianity. They are in favor of Christian nationalism. And Christian nationalism is against religious freedom. Christian nationalism is against freedom of speech. And the Christian Bible is also against both of these. You do not see religious leaders in the Christian Bible saying, you know, whatever you believe in terms of religion, you ought to be able to do that. They say the opposite. You must have this religion. You cannot have anything else. 
They say that in terms of free speech. They don't say you should be free to speak out against, for example, religious ideas you don't agree with. No, instead they demand brutal, violent punishment of blasphemy. Okay, so we have basic rights like freedom of speech and freedom of religion that are opposed to the values of Christianity as they have been expressed in government traditionally. And then we have all of our other basic rights, okay? Like uh, the right to have a fair trial, the right to be protected from cruel and unusual punishment, the right to vote. These things are not from Christianity. They're, they aren't in the Bible. They simply don't exist there. But Ryan Walters and Governor Kevin Stitt in Oklahoma, they want to teach false history, claiming that somehow these things arose out of Christianity when they didn't. And we know that the founders of the United States of America, in crafting the Constitution, they developed it to resist Christian nationalism, to resist people who wanted to control the government in the name of Jesus, because they knew that when that happens, not only are non-Christians persecuted, but the Christians who are in power end up persecuting other Christians. That's what ends up happening throughout the history of Christian-dominated governments. So, we have Ryan Walters supporting uh, uh, Governor Kevin Stitt in terms of education. And it's a long-standing kind of trend in Oklahoma, which is why we see that Oklahoma is right near the bottom, right near the bottom at rank 42 in educational attainment. Not exactly a light to the country as an example of how to do things right. But it's not just education that's a problem. Let's look at something really simple that you would think people could agree upon. You know, having a good lifespan, good physical health. Where does Oklahoma rank in terms of basic physical health? Number 46, okay, out of 50 states. Oklahomans are only more healthy in terms of their life expectancy than Arkansas, Kentucky, Alabama, Mississippi, and West Virginia. Oklahoma is down near the bottom in terms of lifespan. I mean, if we take, for example, a look at what the average is, uh, it's 78.8 years. On average, people in Oklahoma live almost three years less than that. And here's what you got to ask, is if the Christian God is real, and people like Governor Kevin Stitt have been claiming Oklahoma for Christianity for so long. Well, does the God of Christianity want people to die early? That's not very pro-life. I think it's more likely that this Christianity is associated with anti-science policies. Things like, for example, rejection of vaccines. Okay, vaccines are actually proven to protect us in very predictable ways, very well understood ways, from deadly things like infectious diseases. So is it an accident that you have people in this 
state that's been claimed for Christianity. And a lot of Christian leaders, a whole bunch of Christian churches are claiming that uh, vaccines are a tool of devils and demons and Satan. Okay. When you have that going on in a state like Oklahoma, and now the governor of Oklahoma and the head of the public schools in Oklahoma is supporting that kind of attitude. It's not any wonder that people in Oklahoma just don't live as long as most other Americans. But uh, hey, let's go to another issue, which was right at the heart of the campaigning uh, of the midterm elections in 2022, this year, right? What were Republican Christian nationalists complaining about? Why they were complaining about crime. Oh, the, the crime rates, they're so high. It's terrible. And these Democrats are to blame. Are the Democrats to blame? Well, you've got a state that's been claimed for Jesus that has been electing Christian nationalist leaders for decades now. That's Oklahoma. How is Oklahoma doing in terms of violent crime rates? <clears throat> well, I will tell you that Oklahoma is doing better than Alabama in terms of violent crime. Uh, the, the violent crime rate is, is actually even worse in Alabama. But there's not a lot of other states where it's much worse, okay? So um, let's take a look at the crime rates. Oklahoma is 14th from the bottom. That means that out of 50 states, Oklahoma actually ranks 36th, okay? You heard a lot in this campaign season about how terrible things are in Illinois, right? But actually, in terms of the rate of violent crimes, um, Illinois is a better place to live than Oklahoma. Um, what about California? California. High crime rate? Well, no, actually much better than California. What about New York State? New York. Lots of crime there, right? Well, actually compared to Oklahoma, no. Oklahoma has a higher rate of violent crime than California, Illinois, and New York State. So in what way is Oklahoma a light to the country and the world? All of these major indexes of quality of life, Oklahoma ranks near the bottom. So not only is Oklahoma sacrificing its civil liberties, it's doing so to a group of leaders who have been shown over decades, over generations really, to be leading Oklahoma, practically speaking, in the wrong direction. And this is a major lesson, I think, from the election of leaders who are Christian nationalists like Governor Kevin Stitt of Oklahoma. Not only are they against the democratic values that make America unique, but on practical questions like crime, like education, like simple public health, they 
are terrible leaders. They simply aren't effective. They're busier praying to their God than they are just simply doing the organizational work of taking care of the business of America. Now, it's great to see that Governor Kevin Stitt is an outlier. Although we may get a, a leader like that in Arizona, Carrie Lake running for governor of Arizona on a radical extremist Christian nationalist platform is running neck and neck with her Democratic opponent. But in other places like New York, Pennsylvania, we have Democrats, relatively progressive candidates beating out Christian nationalists. The question is what happens next? What happens tomorrow when Donald Trump promises that he's uh, going to make a big announcement? Now, Donald Trump has actually begun to be ostracized by other Republican politicians and Republican publications like the New York Post when he was given a great celebration for years by them. And why is this? Is it because Donald Trump has changed his tune because he's done something new and outrageous? Uh, because he's got terrible new policies? No, Donald Trump hasn't changed. These Republican politicians and Republican publications simply have seen that Donald Trump failed to motivate voters in the 2022 midterm elections. They're against Donald Trump not because they reject Christian nationalism, but because they think Donald Trump is weak. And that is a dangerous kind of attitude. That kind of attitude that Republican politicians and Republican polit publications will support anybody so long as they are strong is exactly what got Christian nationalist fascism to the brink of taking over this country and destroying our democracy. So, here is the one piece of action that I want to give you, and it's fairly broad. Every week I'm identifying action that you, you can take to resist Christian nationalism. Here's one thing. Don't sit down and be satisfied and think that you've won. Do not think that Christian nationalists, now having failed to materialize their red wave, are going to give up, because they're not. Because there are politicians like Governor Kevin Stitt in Oklahoma, and they are in all 50 states, who are remaining active as Christian nationalist activists, as politicians. They are trying to take over the United States of America, and they believe that they are doing so in the name of the divine ruler of the universe and his sacrificed son. They believe that they are doing this in resistance to demons and devils and Satan and all kinds of evil spirits like that. And when you believe something like that, you don't just give up. We who believe in democracy should celebrate what we have done. 
we have spread the word about the dangers of extremist Christian nationalism in our country, about the dangers of a resurgent fascism in our country that seeks to imitate the Nazis and the fascists in Spain and Italy from around the time of World War II. We've done a good job at raising the alarm, but the threat is not over. We must remain active in our resistance against Christian nationalism. And so, next week, this podcast, Stop Christian Nationalism, will be back. And we guarantee you there's going to be more in the news from the Christian nationalists, even though they've been defeated in the elections. (laughs) They are not going away. And neither is this podcast. See you next week, because we have a lot to talk about.